Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. <coughs> Welcome on in. Let's go, Giants fans. Let's go, New York. Let's go, Tri State. It's New York Training Camp Live exclusively on the Odyssey app. That's right. If you've listened to this, you've already downloaded the Odyssey app. Every Monday and Friday from 2.30 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern, you get me. It's Sean Morris, a.k.a. Morris, hosting New York Training Camp Live, talking all things New York Giants football. You can follow me on Twitter, at CBS M-R-A-Z-C-B-S, where you can interact with the show there. This is a fresh week, fresh week of content. Excited. Woo, we can have a Hall of Fame game later in this week, even though it's, you know, look, I don't know how many of the starters of the Cowboys or Steelers are going to play, but football uniforms will be colliding with each other and playing football this week on TV in front of our eyes. So again, the tweet, the Twitter handle, at CBS, where you can find us via WFAN. Obviously, this is the Odyssey app. So let's get right into it, baby. It's Monday, August 2nd, 2021. That means we have hit the month of August. We are now. In that dog days month where training camp just lives, breathes, hard knock starts next week. They have that first sprinkler shot that shooting all over the place. That's when you know that music plays. Oh, God, I can't get enough. And this year, at least we get to stick our teeth in and watch the hated Cowboys get prepared to let down their fans yet again. So plenty of news, notes, musings come out of Giants camp. And you know, if you listened last week to our debut, we like to do a little good, a little bad, and a little ugly. All right, first, let's start with the good, right? We're all about the good news. Here's the good. Saquon Barkley looks pretty damn good, even with running on the side. I saw Jordan Renan had had a great tweet where you could catch him basically zoomed in from afar. It kind of reminded me of the movie Little Giants, right? Where Ed O'Neill and Butts basically stand behind the gas station from afar trying to spy in on Rick Moranis forming uh, all the plays there with the little giants as they got ready. And, you know, Butts couldn't couldn't believe the formations, at which point, you know, Ed O'Neill to turn to him and said, they're just standing around, Butts. But that's kind of the angle that it seems like some of the media is getting on Saquon Barkley, including Jordan Renan from afar. But look, Barkley, we could talk about what you want to talk about with him being on the PUP list, on the PUP list. We could talk about Alfred Morris officially re-signing with the Giants, and if that means the Giants are ultra extra cautious about the Saquon Barkley return. It's very clear to me we're probably not going to see Saquon Barkley play in the preseason, but what's also clear to me 
I've watched football a long time. We've all, if you've listened to the, if you're taking the time to listen to New York training camp live, my guess is you've watched Giants football plenty. It doesn't matter if you're a 12-year-old fan tuning in on the app. You're a 65-year-old fan tuning in the app. You know what a running back looks like. You know what cuts look like. You know what a guy running full speed looks like. And it's a lot more entertaining to me than some of the full speed we're seeing running in the Olympics at the track and field. That's just not my thing. But Saquon Barkley in this Jordan Renan tweet dressed in all white. And look, he's doing cuts. He's making people miss. He looks like Saquon. And I have to be honest, I'm freaking smiling. I, as I as I speak here into this microphone, I'm re-watching this clip, and I am smiling. There he is. He runs through, cut left, and he's air making a jump into the air, catches a pass, and turns up field. That doesn't look like a guy who we should expect not to be on the field in six weeks for opening day. I know that injuries can happen and setbacks can happen, and I understand they don't want him basically running through and getting hit the wrong way right now by a defender or maybe somebody trying to make a team on Joe Judge's defense playing hard, but Patrick Graham's defense playing hard, it, it doesn't matter. Saquon Barkley looks the part, he looks fresh, and although we've been trying to read between the lines with some of the running back movements here, there, and everywhere, the good here that we start with the good, the bad, and the, bad, and the ugly on New York Training Camp Live is absolutely the way that Saquon Barkley looks. So let's see how he progresses. Next week, maybe even Friday, we'll probably have somebody on from Giants training camp break down what they've seen with Saquon with their own eyes. But what we can see video-wise, I think that's unbelievable the way Saquon looks. All right, but let's talk about the bad. The bad here has to be whatever the heck the defense did at Monday's practice that caused not only them as players, but the coaches, or at least some of the coaches, to run a lap. I oftentimes like saying, if you've ever heard me on the DA show, which airs Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio, which can also be found on the Odyssey lap. Whenever I've gotten frustrated with something, I, I either it's take a lap, get me out of here, something like that. Take a lap is, is one of the more underused phrases you could have. And Joe Judge quite literally had the defense take a lap. I'm still waiting for quotes on exactly why they took a lap. Uh, I know that, I believe it was Tay Crowder I saw, say, hey, they were having a little bit of a down practice. Joe Judge recognized that. Guys weren't smooth. Guys weren't in sync. And I'm paraphrasing here. They had to get out there and they had to go out and, and you're going to run those drills. And while some of that stuff may eventually get old, it was some of that stuff when we read out of training camp last year, the old school Coughlin approach, if you will, that Joe Judge seems to have. Some of that stuff, yes, can wear on you, especially if you don't start winning games soon. And the Giants won games in the second half. Guys bought in. Kelvin Benjamin obviously didn't come buy in. The only thing he bought was probably more boxes of Entenmann's entering camp. But other guys have bought in. And that kind of approach is refreshing. You're not seeing guys run laps like that under Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer. And I'm not telling you running laps equals winning a Super Bowl. But what, what it does show is there is accountability. You're talking about a lot of guys, some bottom of the roster, some superstars that have just signed million-dollar, multi-million-dollar contracts, all coming together as one unit, finding one purpose, and there needs to be some accountability as a unit. If one guy makes a mistake, two guys make a mistake, you all pay. This way you all know you pick up after each other. It's basic stuff here. And running laps, you may hate it. Maybe you'll love it. I kind of love it a little bit for this team because of where we've come from from some of the previous regimes. And Joe Judge having these guys run laps is our bad of the day because they're doing something bad, 
to have them run laps. But I'm not going to quite call it ugly because it's still quite entertaining, and I think that's a step in the right direction. Here's my ugly for the day. And I don't necessarily know that it, it, it ends ugly or means anything ugly. But I do hate the fact that Aaron Robinson, we find out I, another Jordan Renan report, he had core muscle surgery over the offseason. So we knew he was banged up coming out of his year at UCF. Uh, Aaron Robinson, a really strong physical corner. I think the Giants envisioned him, and may still do when he gets back on the field, competing here with Darnay Holmes for that nickel cornerback position. And, and Aaron Robinson is a guy who the Giants traded up, had the ammo to trade up in the third round, get an Aaron Robinson. Remember, and, and I will never, ever, ever for the rest of Aaron Robinson's career get this image out of my head, the frustration in the Eagles' war room when Howie Roseman is going to get fist pumps if they're their third-round pick and basically the tense awkwardness where there's other members of the front office that don't want to give him a fist pump back, and we later find out it's because while the Eagles were sitting there trying to figure out how to get Aaron Robinson and no longer had the assets to trade up, and that's a team in, in desperate need of corner depth, and there was the Giants knowing what had happened in round one with Devontae Smith, maybe their target, getting leaped ahead by the Philadelphia Eagles. There's the Giants saying, oh, yeah, watch us. Now that we've accumulated ass assets, we're not going to let you guys get better on the back end. But – what really struck with me with that is I tend to be a guy who has a lot of scars from the Philadelphia Eagles as a Giant fan. How do we not? Whether it's some of the big moments and big games, you name them. We can't shake the name Matt Dodge out of our head, but there have been – I mean, that was obviously the prototypical big game. A million of these letdowns at home where Vince Young comes in in 2011, throwing touchdowns to Steve Smith, and you're going, oh, my goodness. Can we catch a break? I mean, the Eagles have been there, done that. But I, I often look at the Eagles as I laugh at them when they lose ultimately, but it's the Giants who have to bow down and admit the Eagles have been their daddy in the past. And if Aaron Robinson was good enough for the Eagles to set off that kind of visible frustration in a draft war room, unlike any we've ever seen. I mean, we've had cameras in draft war rooms a long time now. Usually you get the standard bare stupid clap where a guy, you know, it doesn't matter who they took. They could take me and think they're going to plug me in at right guard, and there's the war room clapping that they got their picking. Yay, we got our picking. To see that visible frustration, and no, it came from not getting Aaron Robinson, that to me piqued my interest. Well, the Eagles tend to draft a lot of these guys who kill the Giants. Kill them. And if this was a guy that the Giants actually got that the Eagles wanted, well, that makes me feel like we got a good one. I'm not going to tell you, I and I love college football. I do. I, I know that it doesn't register always in the Northeast. I know there's probably plenty of Rutgers fans listening. But I love college football. I love watching the SEC. I love your big Saturday night game. You give me a good big, big 10 noon flip around the dial. I'm into it. Aaron Robinson and UCF, I didn't watch a ton of. I just didn't. Or at least whenever UCF was on, and I'm sure I lost some money along the way last, last year, throwing pennies on UCF. I, I am sure that I never just noticed or paid attention to Aaron Robinson. But Aaron Robinson, after watching his film, I was excited for him. And I think a lot of people assumed, well, why do we need Aaron Robinson? We have Darnay Holmes. And Darnay Holmes, I thought, for the first time, really felt like a guy to come in and solve the nickel corner position. In fact, it felt like a big loss when he was out a few of those games and he wasn't going to be on the field. I, I don't think that having more corners is a bad thing. How many times 
Do we have a starting corner go down? My goodness. I mean, do we need Michael Coe starting a game at corner? Please. So I was excited to add another corner to the room, even after signing a Dory Jackson. But anyway, Aaron Robinson, long story longer, had core surgery. Aaron Robinson is still unavailable for Giants training camp, so we're entering week two of camp. We find out that he is nearing a return. The expectation was this was going to be a six-week recovery, and he is, in fact, nearing a return. And if Aaron Robinson is nearing a return, well, that's a good thing. He's going to get out there, he's going to get his reps, and he's going to obviously get an opportunity to prove himself. I hope he comes back soon enough that he gets enough practice time and they give him some playing time versus the Jets in that first preseason game, which, don't look now, is less than two weeks away. That's right. This upcoming Saturday will be one week until we get to the Giants-Jets preseason opener. Can Aaron Robinson make it back before then? We hope so. But if not, you would think he's back for the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots to close out the preseason. So it's it's ugly. Yes, it's very ugly that Aaron Robinson had core surgery. But it's not as bad ugly as you would think we would be in a situation in with a guy coming off core muscle surgery. So again, you're good. Saquon looks great. Cutting, running, jumping, catching. He's got to be close. That doesn't look like a guy that we should fear not being there on opening day. You're bad. Whatever happened with the defense this year, not being in sync, that caused Joe Judge to have them. And coaches run laps. And you're ugly is obviously that Aaron Robinson, we find out, had core muscle surgery. Now, to some more housekeeping. Joe Looney. Joe Looney, starter of... 12 games for the Dallas Cowboys last year, including starting a game at guard. Has guard experience, although his primary job he did was starting at center for the Dallas Cowboys and Travis Frederick bowed down. Kind of amazing to me that Joe Looney was still available. And look, when you rattle off the stars of the Dallas Cowboys offensive line and where the Cowboys offensive line was great, is Joe Looney going to be the first or second name you mentioned? Absolutely not. If he was, he would have had a job by now. But Joe Looney was a solid, productive, he-won't-kill-you center. And if you're not killing you on the offensive line, let's face it, if you're a New York Giant fan, we're settling for that. We're signing up for that. That's important if you're not going to kill us. Even if you're not great, even if you're not pancaking everybody in sight, that's important. It's absolutely important. So. Here's where we're at with Joe Looney. The Giants obviously have Nick Gates at center. They got Will Hernandez and Shane Lemieux at the guard positions. And let's uh, obviously Matt Parrott comes off the pup list, which is enormous to get him going at right tackle, get those reps in. And Andrew Thomas at left tackle. If all good things, if all things are equal, that should be your starting offensive line. And I saw this stat. It's a fantastic stat from Bobby Skinner. Does a great job over at Talking Giants. Another, uh, I'll tip their hat. Another great Giants podcast for Giants fans. I am, by the way, Sean Morash. If you're just tuning in at Moraz CBS, where you can follow me on WFAN, WFAN WFAN.com and the Odyssey app. You could check out G-Wits, the New York Giants weekly podcast, which drops every Tuesday or Wednesday. And they're another one of these Giants podcasts. Bobby Skinner had a great stat. With the addition of Joe Looney, the Giants' backup offensive linemen have 339 career NFL starts. The projected starters, all five of those guys I just mentioned, very young, have a combined 83 starts. Think about that. 
the Giants have now done a good enough job building depth along the offensive line, even by adding Joe Looney, that when you figure out the three or four guys they keep, now some of these starts will come off if one of these guys gets cut, but as it currently states, 339 career combined NFL starts for guys they don't expect to start, and 83 combined starts. That's a good, healthy thing because it's taken a long enough time and we hope that we're finding the answer for the Giants to solve the question of five guys along that offensive line that could start. And the ugly truth and the ugly question that nobody wants to answer is once you find those five guys, do you have any depth behind them that the whole thing doesn't fall apart like a house of cards if somebody gets hurt? And it would appear that the Giants are solving at least that second part. And look, camp is a long way from being done. And we knock on wood, hope there are no more injuries. Shane Lemieux appears to only be out a couple weeks, seems to have dodged a bullet. We would expect him out there on opening day. So Joe Looney obviously was needed and brought in because you're going to need guys taking starter reps there at the guard spot. And you heard Joe Judge at the beginning of camp talk about versatility, versatility, and more versatility in the offensive line. Joe Looney provides that. And I know you don't really want to mess with center. And Nick Gates started all 16 games at center. That rapport with Daniel Jones is important. But if Joe Looney is playing center and playing guard, you could also have Nick Gates play a little guard if Joe Looney's better better suited at center. And these are the kind of things you'll need, right? We don't know what Will Hernandez is going to be either, by the way. Is Will Hernandez going to suddenly go back to form, go back to what we saw the first two years as opposed to the last two years? Or the first year and a half as opposed to the last year and a half? We don't know. But I think Joe Looney provides very quality depth. I saw Jonathan Harrison. He's going to come off the, the pup list, and that was the first guy I thought of when they signed Joe Looney. There's probably only room for one. Jonathan Harrison, a former Jet, another guy who started a lot of games in his career at center guard. But based on his work with Jason Garrett in Dallas, I got to assume that they signed Joe Looney, not just to be a camp warm body, but a guy they envisioned being on this football team and playing a valuable role on this football team. After the draft was over and people yelled and screamed, how could you not address the offensive line? As if a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick was going to make this offensive line any better. The narrative was they're going to go sign a veteran at some point. They're going to need to sign a veteran. The name Trey Turner was obviously tossed around. And here we go. I mean, here we go. They now signed Joe Looney, and I think that's the perfect veteran that you expect to be on, on this football team. So you look at him. Nate Solder is obviously one of those guys, and we, oh, we cringe, we cast when we hear Nate Solder. But Nate Solder is going to have, again, a valuable role. There are going to be much, much worse positions to be in if Andrew Thomas has to come out for a series or two because he gets rolled up on. Same thing with Matt Parrott, then putting Nate Solder in that game. Nate Solder, that, that will be where his value is. He's still a guy who's played a lot of football, and although it's been ugly at times for the New York Giants, you actually can do worse than having that in a reserve role. So now suddenly you look, you go, okay, Nate Solder. Okay, Joe Looney. Okay, Zach Fulton. You're talking, a, a guy obviously started a lot of games in Houston. Okay. Now you're talking about quality depth on the offensive line. You're not turning around and going, man, do we have to bring Spencer Pulley into this game? Man, is it going to be Chad Slade? Well, I don't want to knock Chad Slade too much. He still might end up making this team. The Giants, by adding Joe Looney, look, they got better. They got better along the offensive line. And, and I truthfully can't fault them for that, for bringing him in. And I think that's going to be obviously interesting. All right. This is 
training New York training camp live with Sean Morris, your host, and on Twitter at Moraz CBS is exactly where you could find me. Kevin Jimmy tweets in, I love Moraz, but the Giants still suck. So there we go. We're, we're making a lot of progress here in New York training camp live. Making a lot of progress. The guys are listening, even though they think the Giants suck. So Giants fans, that's what we're still facing. We're facing the negativity. Where are you at? Where are you at? All right, some house cleaning stuff. I guess Giants house cleaning stuff that also I found interesting here this week in camp. If you listen to the debut of New York Training Camp Live on the Odyssey app on Friday, I talked about what an uphill battle I actually thought John Ross had of making this team. In fact, on G-Wiz, your New York Giants weekly podcast on WFAN.com and the Odyssey app, John Ross was going to be one of my surprise cuts. And, I, you know, look, it would it be the biggest stunner to have John Ross cut from a team? I mean, his whole career has been a bust. No. But the reason I mentioned John Ross as a cut is, remember, he was signed pre-draft. So who knew where the Giants were going to go? And obviously the draft can go a million different places. If they had not ended up with Kadarius Toney, I think John Ross would probably be a lock for this team as the fourth receiver. But part of being the fifth receiver on this team, when you're battling out his former Washington teammate and Dante Pettis, part of being the fifth receiver on this team is you better play special teams. And that's something that John Ross just hasn't played. And as a first-round pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, it doesn't shock me. But the one thing John Ross has going for him, a million drops. That's not, that's not what he has going for him. A million big pass drops in his career. A million drops. But he also returns the heck out of kicks. Or is doing so now in training camp. He's never returned the heck out of kicks. But now it seems like he's flying and out there during kickoffs in New York Giants training camp. I saw Art Stapleton, our buddy, talking about that as well. And if he could find a value in that, if John Ross could go back there and return kicks and use his speed as an absolute weapon, I'm all in favor of it. Who knows on punt return? Obviously, Jabril Peppers has been there as well. Kadarius Toney could be a weapon there. But John Ross is a kick returner? Now, that intrigues me. And that would maybe make me change my narrative at least just a little bit that maybe, just maybe, John Ross isn't out here to get cut right away. And I think John Ross versus Dante Pettis is going to be fascinating. I mentioned Austin Mack last week getting, getting hurt. That was going to hurt his case. There's that David Sills train going. He looks good in camp. So the Giants end of the roster wide receiver room is fascinating. And again, you know, we're in a spot here where, I mean, you name the Giants guy that we've fallen in love with at the wide receiver position that just had to make the team. I mean, there's so many of these guys we've forgotten over the years. So many, but they come in and we fall in love and go, this guy could be a good team because we fall in love with the allure that we're going to get Victor Cruz again. A guy at the back end of the roster that bursts through surprises. And that just doesn't happen. And now you look at the – it doesn't happen. Now you look at the Giants' wide receiver room. I mean, how loaded is this? Kenny Galladay, that big body, big possession wide receiver that we haven't seen since Akeem Nix. Odell Beckham, a different kind of guy, so don't think I'm insulting Odell. I loved Odell when he was a Giant. That's important. Kadarius Tony shot out of a cannon. Important. Sterling Shepard, when he's on the field, the Giants win football games. Important. Clearly. And Darius Slayton, who I have high hopes for with obviously some of the onus on the outside being taken off with Kenny Galladay here. That's important. So with that back end of the room now, you I mean, we're not counting on John Ross. How refreshing is that? We're not counting on Dante Pettis. How refreshing is that? 
So John Ross returning kicks is a big deal. Now, I am not here also to root for injuries. For anybody, any team, anywhere, anything. Rooting for injuries is bad, especially in the sport of football. You want to see guys succeed. However, unfortunately, when certain certain circumstances come up, the NFL puts you in a predicament where there might be a certain fan base that actually has to root for an injury for success for their team. Think about how sick that is, actually, when you think about it. And maybe root is the wrong word here, but the way some trades may be structured may make a fan base that has nothing to do with the said trade say, geez, I could really use this guy getting banged up. Nothing serious, but banged up enough. And what I mean by that is I think fans in New York, us Giant fans, fans in Dallas, I'm talking about Cowboy fans, and fans in Washington, I'm talking about Washington football team fans. Very, very important thing happened today. That's the Carson Wentz news, that he will be out 5 to 12 weeks, and he will, in fact, undergo foot surgery and miss time with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, you might be saying, Mraz, why do we care? Carson Wentz is out of our division now. Why do we care about the AFC South and Carson Wentz? Well, I'll tell you why you care. Because the way the trade was structured, if Carson Wentz played 75% of the snaps for the Indianapolis Colts here, the Eagles would be getting the Colts' first-round pick. And a first-round pick would mean they'd get two first-round picks. And two first-round picks, now, you know, the head, toe, connected to the neck, bone. I said the head, toe. You know what I mean. All of these things that connect. The heel, bones connected to the foot, bone. These picks connect to the Eagles if Jalen Hurts stinks, being able to package them and go get Deshaun Watson. Go get Russell Wilson. Go trade up in the draft to try to get the highest quarterback they could get. They match the Giants having two first-round picks who may be, and we hope not, in the same boat to do some of the same stuff if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out. Instead, the Eagles now will get a second-round pick from the Indianapolis Colts, and it almost feels like a lock now if Carson Wentz is out the 5-12 to weeks and by the way, what the heck kind of window is that? Five to 12 weeks is a pretty large freaking gap. But unfortunately, as Giant fans, I think if you want to keep the Eagles from getting a really special kind of talent at the quarterback position, you are rooting for Carson Wentz to stay injured. It's pretty sick. It's pretty much madness. But that's the way the trade structured, so we can't apologize for that. So it's not good for the Indianapolis Colts. It's not good for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not good for Colts fans. But... This news today about Carson Wentz appears to be good news for Giants, Cowboys, and Washington fans because you don't want the Eagles finding a way to turn this thing around quick with a big-time, big-time quarterback, and that's what that extra first-round pick would have provided them. So just something that had nothing to do with the Giants here that now suddenly has a lot to do with the Giants here thinking forward and moving forward beyond this season. But I know, look, we're chopping at the bit for this season, as we should be. We have expectations for this season, as we should be. But, like I said earlier, eagle scars, right? Eagle scars don't go away, even if you think you're going to beat up on them this year. And seeing the Carson Wentz news, well, left us in a precarious position where 
maybe, just maybe, the Giants will catch a break here and the Eagles won't have that next quarterback running down the sideline after big plays answering the phone like Donovan McNabb used to do and drive us absolutely nuts. All right, as I said, you can tweet at me, at CBS. That number again is M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. My name is Sean Morash. My Twitter handle, at CBS. They call me Moraz on the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. You can also catch me from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. I will also be hosting on WFAN the next three Sundays. That's right, the next three Sundays when you look at your calendar, August 8th, 15th, and 22nd from 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern after Yankee Baseball. And on that 15th, also following the Giants-Browns preseason game, we'll have you wrapped there. And make sure you go and subscribe and download GWIZ, WFAN.com and the Odyssey app's New York Giants weekly podcast where we tackle all things Big Blue. Monday and Friday at 2.30. From 2.30 to 3 p.m. Eastern, you have New York Training Camp Live, hosted by yours truly, Sean Morash, here exclusively on the Odyssey app, brought to you by Odyssey. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Go Big Blue. See you on Friday. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 